1: Greenie with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
0: The New York Knicks get one they absolutely needed, but can they still make it happen in this, in this series if Jimmy Butler is on the court? Canty and Carlin in for Greeney on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM Channel 80 as well. That is the question for you this hour at 888 say espn 888 3776 Can the Knicks go down to Miami and take one of those two games if Jimmy Butler is on the court? During the game last night, I was troubled by the fact that it was as difficult as it was. Mm. It should not have been as difficult as it was. They won the game. Ultimately, that's all that will matter in the end. Were you bothered by what it took to win the game last night? Or do you just chalk it up to this is playoff basketball and whether or not Butler's at there, out there,
1: you're going to get absolutely the absolute best that you could from Miami? I was bothered by the version of Jalen Brunson that you got last night. And I didn't make much of him being on the injury report with the sprained foot because as Alan Hahn and others have kind of, alluded to, that might have been some gamesmanship by the Knicks organization just to let the referees know how physical game one was to try to create some more room for Jalen Brunson just based on how the Heat were defending him. Well, he was clearly affected. Now, going down a stretch and in clutch time, it didn't bother him at all because the guy was absolutely money in terms of his playmaking and shot making. But um, I I would say this, with no Jimmy Butler on the floor, I was surprised that the Knicks allowed the Heat to control – as much of the game as they actually did. Now, again, the final five minutes of the game, the Knicks outscored the Heat 16-4. to It was Jalen Brunson knocking down some big shots. He had a little floater in the lane, knocked down a 25-foot three. And then Josh Hart was that kid in the corner, knocked down a couple of corner three balls, uh, I thought made a huge difference. One shot that was huge in terms of swinging momentum The four-point play where Jalen Brunson hits the three in the corner Mm. and Isaiah Hartenstein draws the foul on Bam out of bio, gets to shoot a free throw. Again, a four-point swing that was able to close the gap between the Heat and the Knicks. So the Knicks' ability to be able to close last night was impressive. But overall, with no Jimmy Butler, the game was just a little bit too close for comfort. And with the kind of rest that Jimmy's going to get, it's hard to imagine that he won't come back and be able to be a difference maker in game three. I,
0: I wasn't bothered by things like, listen, I think Gabe Vincent has improved as a player overall. Uh, I, I'm bothered by the fact that the Knicks made it as easy as they did defensively for the Knick, or for the Heat sometimes last night. I don't think the Knicks played great defense last night. No, they, I, I they, really they, don't. they,
1: they didn't play great defense no, last night. not
0: by any stretch. They didn't. And And there should be no excuse for that on a night where Frankly, you should take it easy on yourselves and be able
1: to run them out of the gym. Well, here's the other thing. I mean, the Miami Heat being able to capitalize on the turnovers that they did get. It's not like the Knicks were sloppy with the basketball, although Julius no, Randle stepping on the inbounds play at mm-hmm. the end when you're up by, what, 8 points, 6 points? Yeah. That, that can't happen. No. That absolutely can't happen. That's a mental mistake. Like You can't let that happen. And yeah. Duncan Robinson comes right down and nails a three, makes it a three-point ball game. Those types of lapses, inexcusable. But overall, the Knicks were pretty good with the basketball, But the Heat were able to take 11 turnovers and turn them into 22 points. You can't let that happen. Even if you turn the ball over, you got to hustle, you got to get back. You can't allow that to be offense for them, especially when they're down their biggest shot maker and shot creator in Jimmy Buck. Here's Tibbs on Jalen Brunson after the game. That's who he is. Great leader, great toughness. He never disappoints you. You know, sometimes we can fall short, but there's no quitting him. Never quits on a play. Can't say enough about that. Keeps everyone connected.
0: Eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Can the Knicks win one down in Miami if Jimmy Butler is on the floor? Your calls in two minutes. Chris, for me, I'm not that concerned that they will be able to get one in Miami. Mm. I absolutely believe they will get one in Miami. Look. The Heat. I, I. I still believe the Knicks win this series. I think they're the better team overall. Well, I think what Jay will said earlier is absolutely true. You are dealing with another breed of individual when it comes to the mentality of Jimmy Butler.
1: Well, I think everybody else on the Heat team takes their cues from Jimmy. Yeah. But the the entire personality of the team is what Jimmy Butler's personality is. That's why they're so dogged in their approach, and that's why. Even when Jimmy got banged up at the end of game one, you saw everybody else elevate their play, and that continued into last night. Now, again, the last five minutes of the game is when you're leaning on your star the most in the NBA, and guess what? The Miami Heat didn't have their star. The New York Knicks had all three of their guys going. And the one I want to focus in on is R.J. Barrett because his ability to be able to get going early, to me, was the difference in the outcome of game two. I mean, there's a reason why R.J. Barrett is open from deep. Uh, you can't rely on him to make those shots. But last night, he saw the ball go through the hoop on a couple of them early, and then that made him uber-aggressive on the offensive end. And it was really him and Julius Randle in the first half. I mean, they scored 37 of the New York Knicks, what, 51 first-half points? So, I mean, that, that was the reality. Of, like, so the New York Knicks scored 51. Those two guys combined for 37. So if R.J. Barrett doesn't get going in that fashion with Jalen Brunson struggling due to the injury – then you're going you're gonna to have some problems down in Miami. And so that's the part that concerns me the most, just because I don't think you're going to see that version of R.J. Barrett the rest of the series. And if you see Jalen Brunson continue to struggle in terms of managing that foot sprain, then you could have some problems once Jimmy gets back.
0: I'll tell you what has bothered me the most about what's happened with the Heat so far. They have never been this good of an offensive team all year, just in terms of shooting the ball. Mm. Chris, during the year They were dead last in the league In field goal percentage Dead last as a team at 39 Mm. They're shooting 44 Mm. In the postseason That's like third among playoff teams Third or fourth Same thing from three They were a terrible three-point shooting team They were like 34% They're right up at 39, 40% for the postseason How all of a sudden are they a much better Offensive team shooting the ball Where did that come from? Well, they're that's playing 82-game 82 sample, 82 samples. size.
1: Well, they're playing Duncan Robinson more. They weren't playing him a whole lot during the regular season. He had fell out of favor down in Miami, yeah. but he was thrust into duty out of necessity because of the Tyler Hero injury. Mm-hmm. And Duncan Robinson, when he steps off of the bus to go into the arena, can shoot. he's in range. Yeah. Like, like I mean, he is, like that guy That guy can shoot the lights out of the basketball, but he's a liability on the defensive end, and that's the aspect of this that the Knicks haven't been able to exploit. You got to search out those matchups and take advantage of them. And to this point in the series, that just hasn't happened. So I'm curious to see what adjustments they make as they go down to Miami with Jimmy Butler, poised to be back in the lineup. I'd be surprised if Jimmy Butler didn't play in both games in Miami. Oh, I'd be stunned. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I just – I am concerned about the New York Knicks' ability to be able to generate offense if Jalen Brunson – continues to be compromised with his health.
0: 888-SAY-ESPN, Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. 729 Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. You can watch Greeny on the ESPN app. Just click Watch. Look for Greenie and enjoy. And if you're just joining us, there was some news about mm, 20 minutes ago or so. Joel Embiid is going to play tonight for the Sixers game two up in Boston. Meantime, let's hit some calls. 888-729-3776. Can the Knicks get one in Miami if Jimmy Butler does play? Josh is up first on ESPN radio. Josh, what do you think?
2: How you doing, fellas? Thanks for taking the call. Uh, I'm confident. I see the Knicks taking one, if not both, in Miami. I know the regular season is a lot different than the playoffs, but Knicks handled the Heat three out of four games during the regular season. I know the first game didn't go too well. It just looks like the Knicks didn't have the right energy going into that game. Obviously, you know, things happened. Julius wasn't playing. He's a triple-double last night. That, that, that's big, you know what I'm saying? And And the game that they did lose against the Heat during the regular season, Every player except for Mitchell Robinson had a negative plus yeah, nine. I, But I'm not That's worried about We're talking
0: about here's the thing when we get to the Miami Heat in the postseason, it is a lot different. I yes. don't care what yes. happened earlier. I mean, this team puts you in an
1: absolute grinder. People forget they lost their play in game, the first play in game to the Atlanta Hawks. They're, they're the eight seed. They were lucky to be here. But when they get here,
0: there's a reason that nobody wants to deal with them. Because they make it so freaking painful on you. Do you. Listen, there's no question that the Milwaukee Bucks were an infinitely better team than the Miami Heat. No doubt. They lost in five. That, they think about lost that. in five. And I know Giannis, too. I don't care. Yeah. They were still a better team. Well, Giannis
1: was on the court for what, three of those games? Yes. So, yeah, I mean, listen.
0: And they won one of the games without Giannis. Yeah, my,
1: Miami, is, Miami is a tough out, man. They just are. They're going to make it difficult. In terms of how the two teams play, it's almost as if they're looking in a mirror, but Miami's just better at it because they've been doing it longer. Think about this. Under Spo. Post LeBron James, this has been the identity of the Miami Heat. We are going to grind out wins. And you question whether or not you can be able to keep that intensity up throughout the entirety of the regular season. But guess what? In the postseason, when it's a sprint to the NBA finals, they've shown they can do that. They can play that game. They were in the conference finals last year. A few years ago, they were in the NBA finals in the bubble. So this is who the Miami Heat are. We shouldn't be surprised that that championship pedigree comes out. Ruben up
0: next on ESPN Radio. Ruben, what's going on, dude?
1: Hey, what's going on, fellas? Thank you for taking my call. I was, Candy, you took the words right out of my mouth, bro. I don't know why people keep downplaying the Heat. The Knicks, you are in trouble. You can't beat us. You're not going to beat us
0: two games in Miami. Get that out of your head first. First of Look, all, the Knicks, the Knicks, Knicks are going to win this series, but football. it's going to
1: take a lot out of them. I guarantee you that. I don't know that the Knicks are going to win this. Series. I, I I still think. I, don't, I mean, listen, it's mission accomplished if you're Miami. Yeah. You, you can't. You got what you came for. You mm-hmm. wanted to win home court advantage. You did that in game one. Now, game two was an opportunity to get greedy, and you would have liked to have seen them be able to do that with that lead that they had going into the fourth. Didn't happen. Okay, whatever. You didn't have Jimmy Butler on the floor. When Jimmy gets back on the court, this is going to be a different team, especially in closing time. I don't expect that in Game 3, the Knicks are going to outscore the Miami Heat 16-4 to in the final five minutes of the game. That just ain't going to happen. It's not. I got to tell you, I can't watch the Miami Heat. They're, they're so tough to watch.
0: It's so tough to watch. It really is. I can't see them in the conference finals again. Can I? Do I have to? Do, again? Do I have to watch that again? You know
1: what? I, I do appreciate it, though, because it is a throwback brand of basketball. I, I got
0: past that a couple of years ago. <laughs> no, but, it,
1: but I, I do appreciate it because they muck the game up better than anybody else in the NBA, and it allows them to compete at a really, really high level.
0: Kenton Carlin, ESPN Radio, in for greedy today, presented by Progressive Insurance. Wasn't Coming it up-
1: the same Miami Heat team that put the Philadelphia 76ers out? In the second round last year,
0: yeah, and I mean, just saying, went to Game Seven. I'm just, I'm just, within the finals. I'm just, I'm, I know, I, I, I know. It is. I'll I, tell no, you I, what. No,
1: I'm teeing this up. I'm, t- I'm just teeing this up for you. Because think about it. Right now, the Sixers are up 1-0 against Boston. Yeah, I know. So I'm just, I mean, I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. I know. God, if the Heat, if I have to watch the Heat in the finals. Let me ask you this question. Out of the two teams <laughs> in this series, Miami, New York, who has a better chance of getting to the finals? Because I don't think either one of these teams would oh, be Oh, Miami yeah. has a like if they get out that, of this series. That, Miami has a better that's chance. That's my point. That's my point. And
0: then I'm going to ask you to take a hammer to my left hand because <laughs> I'd rather have that happen than watch the Miami Heat in the finals. <laughs> Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, in for Greeny, one of our colleagues once again disagreeing with Canty. Oh boy, I'm used to it. Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
3: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. I do
0: have to say that uh, I had seen a picture on Instagram last night that Greeny was going to the Knicks game. <laughs> and and he was there with Peter Rosenberg uh-huh. and Monica. Yep. There's a nice picture on Instagram of the three of them. Yep. And so, uh, as I'm watching the game, in the second half, they cut to Aaron Rodgers, and there's a guy sitting next to him that has glasses like Greeny, mm-hmm. that has the beard like Greeny, yep. that has like, a black jacket like Greeny. I'm like, there's no way Greeny is sitting next to Aaron Rodgers tonight, is there? And I actually had to back up on the DVR as I'm watching. I look back, is that Greeny? Oh, no, that that's Jerry Ferrara. <laughs>
1: Okay, Jer- yeah, I mean, Jerry, Jerry can Ferrara is famous. He's a he's
0: stockier he's fam- Greeny, he's, if you will. He's famous-ish. Yeah, no, he's famous-ish, but he, uh, it wasn't so much that, it was just that he was like, am I wrong, Bubba, or Cam, to, like, with the glasses, there may have been a slight resemblance with Greeny to Jerry Ferrara. Like, Jerry Ferrara is like a shorter stockier version of Greeny, if that's fair yeah i can see it i mean uh, yeah with you got the glasses you mentioned a little beard action yeah i, I can yeah. see it I mean, especially quick first glance you're saying and you're saying next to rogers i mean if there's anyone who's gonna be sitting next to rogers you just assume greenie's there i so. mean for Pete's <laughs> sake i mean Greeny could not have been happier last week when aaron Rodgers mentioned him at yeah. the press conference oh uh, yeah. yeah that was the best moment of his life <laughs> <laughs> and he's got kids and he's married oh no doubt no doubt it's it's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on what the ESPN. What was that?
1: App. What was that? It was Cam. Mm-hmm. A little, little pregnant pause right there. Yeah,
0: Not, I got. Well, his Cam ear was too. in my ear. I did, ear I did tell him that our guest is ready. So that's yeah. my fault. Okay, Sorry,
1: Cam, why are you making Carlin fat hand the show? Just gotta let, a, let
2: him know that uh, we that got a guest a great coming pause. Up here. <laughs> yeah, let me
1: tell
0: you if you didn't know that he said that, it was funny. Was, <laughs> 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 he just, he did just <laughs> completely pause
1: and stop. What was <laughs> that?
0: Sorry. Oh my God! Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, is joining us right now at Jeff Darlington on Twitter. Please don't spin anything anymore. I can't. I can't watch you spin cushions yeah. anymore. Like, look, how do you not feel I, like a trained monkey now? Every I time do, they make you do I this do. on the air.
2: And look, uh, you know, I, I, I don't. It's not like I volunteer to do it. Uh, yeah. People ask me. And who am I to deprive society of my wonderful? <laughs> there
1: you go, Jeff. Exactly. Look at it as a gift that you can use to serve others. I love it.
2: Not my it's you know, I, I have said numerous times to Mike Greenberg, in fact, uh look, you tell me when this is getting cheesy. And uh and by the way, yes, it is already long past cheesy, but <laughs> but Greeny says, This is this is great T V people watch. So I said, All right. Oh, it'll never get old
1: to Greenie, Jeff. Take it from me.
2: Oh, like, no. he never, he never Green. gets enough of
1: me standing next to him and him putting an Apple box underneath him. He'll, he'll never <laughs> get over it. I'm telling you right now. I'm just preparing <laughs> you for it. Life. I was glad that and Marcus that's... Spears saved you yesterday when you were on get up with him. I was glad that he saved you when he told you to stop yeah. spinning the pillow.
2: Someone on Twitter said uh, that Marcus Spears sounded like a guy in a grocery store telling his kid to cut it out. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly
1: what it was. It's exactly what it uh, was.
2: Jeff Darlington, ESPN
0: NFL reporter. Hey, Randall Cobb is a jet. That's absolutely yeah. stunning news. Who's next? Sure. David Bakhtiari, Jordy Nelson. Where else are we yeah. going here? David Bakhtiari.
2: Literally, yeah. I would, that actually would makes sense. Me at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what, though? Honestly, Bakhtiari at least would make some sense for a team that needs offensive line help. Yeah, um, you know the the Randall Cobb thing. Like, look, I think for first of all, let's go back to that list. That uh, oh no, there weren't like, any demands, Jeff. It. Come on, no demands. Yeah, no demands. No demands were made. Requests, and it was never uh, suggested by Dino Rossini that there were demands. But certainly, the wish list seems to be coming to fruition. <laughs> Here's the thing: I, I actually don't see any problem with bringing in guys who. Uh, might understand the championship culture. Sure. um, I I would say that that comes at a cost. Um, You know, it's a roster spot, and it's honestly a wide receiver spot too. So for a team that probably could use, you know, more offensive line depth, whatever it is, um, you know, hopefully this is not just Aaron doing a favor or doing it because he needs the comfort or anything that is sort of self-involved. And hopefully it is like, hey, this is a guy who can really teach this offense. Think of him as much as a wide receiver coach as a player on the field. Uh, And if that's the case, okay, that's got some value. But, um, you know, I, I, I reserve judgment, I guess. Jeff,
1: usually this time of year after the NFL draft, teams turn to veteran players that they'd be looking to extend. And, of course, the Chargers are no different with their young signal Mm -hmm. caller quarterback in Justin Herbert. And yesterday on radio, GM Tom Telesco said, and I quote, there isn't any deal out there that would be a blueprint for their contract extension with Justin Herbert. Now, in the heels of Lamar Jackson Mm -hmm. and Jalen Hurts, what do you take from those comments? What is that going to mean for what we're going to see the Chargers do with Herbert?
2: Um. Look, you know, maybe I, I would, you know, Telesco would need to expand on that a little bit more. Um, is it because Lamar Jackson wasn't in the same year as Herbert? Is it because Jalen Hurts is on a four-year deal, not a five-year deal? Is it, you know, if Joe Burrow signs, is that your blueprint? Um, so, you know, I think that that there is a potential blueprint out there. And if, if, if Joe Burrow signs first, fine. Look, GMs and agents across the league never want to say that, yeah, there's a blueprint in place because – Uh, that suggests that they're not doing their job. They're just following suit from the person before them. Is there a blueprint? Yeah, of course there's always – it's always about market setting. It's always about who's going to be the next highest-paid guy. I always find it a little bit laughable when we hear, you know, Jalen Hurts, highest player in NFL history, dot, 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 until the next quarterback signs, you know. So there are always blueprints for these kinds of deals. The guaranteed money is definitely a talking point. But ultimately, when this deal gets done, we'll look at it and say, yeah, it looks pretty similar to the others.
0: Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, joining Canty and Carlin, in for Greeny. Jeff, does it serve Joe Burrow best to now wait and let Herbert get his deal done first outside of, you know, that I'm going to get paid a million dollars more than you per year? Mm
2: -hmm. I don't, (laughs) there is no blueprint for Joe Burrow. (laughs) 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 You know, it's funny. I don't think that Burrow needs to worry about other people. As much as probably Herbert does, I think Herbert in this scenario would be better suited to wait for Burrow's deal to, to get done. Um, Burrow can walk into the Cincinnati Bengals front office and say, "Hey, if you don't give me exactly what you want, what I want," and I'm not saying that he will do this. He's not necessarily wired this way. But if he were to walk in there saying that, uh, "Hey, it's either that or you can go back to being terrible for the next, you know, 300 years like you were before I got here." Uh, Uh, like he's got all the leverage we've uh, more leverage than we've seen. He took a franchise that was literally at the bottom and turned it around almost immediately. So uh, in terms of leverage, he's got it all. Uh, I think that his deal will be the type that depending on his desires, uh, I could see him being much more in line with a Patrick Mahomes style deal than anything else that we've seen since. Talking with ESPN
1: NFL reporter, Jeff Darlington on Greeney and Jeff, Uh, A story that didn't really get a lot of coverage because of the timing of its release was the tampering allegations and the settlement between the Eagles and Cardinals when it came to (laughs) the recruitment and hiring of Jonathan Gannon, the Arizona Cardinals' new head coach. Now, seemingly, the league office allowed the two parties to settle this by draft pick compensation. I'm just – what I find strange is that the league would set the precedent of letting the two teams – decide what the punishment would be for the Arizona Cardinals yeah. and GM Monte Austin for it, rather than stipulating exactly what would happen, especially off of the tampering charges that we saw with the Miami Dolphins and them being involved with Sean right. Payton and Tom Brady.
2: Yeah. I can't imagine the Miami Dolphins are looking at it thinking it's awesome. Um, I'm with you. I, I look, I never dug into it deep enough. Cause like you said, it happened during a very busy time. Basically great. Right, what was that? Was that like right on Thursday or something? Yeah, Right before the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, to your point, like I, it wasn't something I made calls on personally, but yeah, from a superficial standpoint, I, I mean, if you're the Miami Dolphins or a fan of, you just got docked a first round pick. You didn't get to negotiate that deal. Uh, I, you know, I, I tend to think that it's strange for teams to be able to broker their own punishment. Um, so basically, I guess I'm with you. I'm curious to see if that happens again and if it is this a situation where a team gets a tampering charge why why they won't go to the league office and say hey wait a second let me uh, let, let's go talk to the team that we're uh, being accused of tampering against."
0: Jeff appreciate it brother thanks Thank you guys appreciate y'all Jeff Darlington ESPN NFL reporter in just moments you will hear the one ESPN radio host who says Canty is wrong and will figure out how much or how much longer he actually has to live after what he has to say you got to hear this he took a shot And is one (laughs) team's future in jeopardy tonight? Greeny, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
3: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
1: Greeny, the podcast. Probability of someone like me, you know, starting playing basketball at fifteen to get the chance to be the MVP of the league is, I say, probably negative zero. Yeah, with all the opportunities that you know, we don't have a lot of opportunities uh, back in, you know, in Africa in general uh, to get to this point. You know, improbable doesn't mean impossible.
0: At Joel Embiid, just moments ago at his MVP press conference, he will play. Tonight, in Game 2 in Boston, Celtics hosting the 76ers. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. We are coming to you live from above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. The best teams start with great talent, and when it comes to hiring, ZipRecruiter can help you find the right candidates for your team fast. Try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greenie That's ZipRecruiter, the smartest way To hire. I am genuinely worried about the Celtics in this series. I think they're in big trouble. Like when we talked about after game one, and I, you know, kind of semi laughed it off before about the Warriors. When I looked at the Celtics, this is a different situation to me Mm. because you went out and you lost at home to the Sixers without Embiid, without the MVP of the league. Yeah, and you let James Harden go for a season-high 45 points. That's not what the Boston Celtics are supposed to be building their success around. Jay Well was on earlier and was operating under the assumption that we were not going to see Embiid tonight. Do we think the Celtics win tonight even with Embiid on the floor?
1: No. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about no, the Celtics right no, now. No, I don't. And here's what here's I will say just to play devil's advocate with the Boston Celtics. They didn't know whether Embiid was going to play in game 1 right until right before tip. Like yeah. they knew when warmups that Embiid wasn't going to play. The Sixers had a week to prepare to be without Embiid for game one. So they knew exactly how they were going to tweak their offense, the different angles that they would take in order to be able to create shots for Maxi Harden and other guys. So I'll give the Celtics the benefit of the doubt when it comes to that. But when you looked at what happened in game one, the, the Celtics got everything they wanted inside the paint. They outscored the Sixers 66-42 to 42 in the paint. Like, that, that's what you want. I mean, they shot 58% from the field. Now, they weren't great in terms of three-point shooting, and there was a little bit of a disparity. I think the Sixers had 17 made threes compared to the 10 made threes from the Celtics. But the difference in that ball game, to me, was the fourth quarter. The Celtics' offense looked completely disorganized, yeah. and that goes back to last postseason when we were saying a big issue mm-hmm. with the Celtics was the point guard spot. We thought Malcolm Brogdon solved the problem, but here's the issue – When Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon have more combined field goal attempts than Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in the fourth quarter, that's an issue. Think about it. Ten points from Brown and Tatum compared to 23 from Maxie and Harden. Folks, there's your ball game. That's what it is. I mean, it was 87-87 going into the fourth. How can you allow the stars from the Sixers, the number two and three players for the Sixers, beat the number one and two players from the Celtics, on their home court, that cannot happen. This is a game tonight where this could splinter the Celtics. Let me in say a this, big way. Let me say this as well, because I've been on Doc Rivers for a long time. We said, can we find a game early on in this series while Joel Embiid's health is compromised, where Doc Rivers and or James Harden can be the difference? That was Game One, mm-hmm. because Doc coach circles around Joe Mazzulla. Yep, and this is not an indictment on what kind of coach Joe Mazzulla is going to be. But Joe Joe, Joe Missoula is not Ime Adoka. Yeah. He was swimming in that game. And Doc Rivers took full advantage of it in terms of his substitution patterns. I mean, making sure that, you know, he took timeouts when the Celtics were trying to mount runs. All of those different things. The X's and O's part of it. I thought Doc was masterful in game one. And James Harden made shots when you needed him to. Especially that game winner, which ultimately ended up being the dagger over Al Horford. Harden was phenomenal. Do I think we're going to see another game like that from Harden in this series? I don't. But with Joel Embiid back in the lineup, you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to. You
0: needed it the other night, and you got it. it if the Sixers are counting on, you know, 35-plus uh, points per from Harden, they're not going to win this series. No. That's not the case. But that aside, Chris, on the Celtics side of this, the whole uh, – Discussion around Jalen Brown and his future, and Jason Tatum, and how it all fits. You lose tonight, it could be checking out. It it could be check, please. And at that point, you're talking about Jalen Brown going somewhere
1: else. And yeah, I think there's a potential for that to happen. Oh, I whether think that's he, real, whether he makes an All NBA team or not. Yeah, like because if he makes All NBA, he, he could always max. Supermax. Supermax. He could always force his way out of town and demand like a a trade. All that does is put it off a year. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. That's all it does. Like you're talking about having to wait until after next year's trade deadline in order to move him. But so I don't necessarily see a world where it's impossible for Jalen Brown to force his way out of Boston and still get the kind of money that he's looking for. I think them realizing their potential and going on a deep playoff run and making – and making it to the finals again and winning this time, I think that's the only thing that can save this partnership between Brown, Tatum, and the Celtics.
0: Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, listen to Greeny. He was uh, talking about this very topic uh, with Tatum and Brown. The
3: Celtics, I think, could be playing for their future. If this thing goes sideways... I do wonder if that will be the end of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I think Jalen Brown sees himself in a little different light. One year left on the deal. I think it'll be very interesting to see if this thing just goes really sideways, really badly. I wonder if they make a decision to make what would be a seismic trade this offseason if they get knocked out here particularly if Embiid isn't able to come back I think that could be the beginning of something different in Boston
0: now that was obviously yesterday before we knew about what was up with Embiid but let's say this I, I firmly believe the Celtics lose tonight series is over it may be a sweep if not it'll be five at, at best
1: yeah at best yeah and here's what I'll say to and Gre- all of that will be true to Greeny's point Jalen Brown has said some things that be, can be construed as quite ominous when you, when you peel back the oh, layers yeah. of I mean, even after last night's loss. I mean, um, the game one loss. Like, he said some things, and it just it's, it, it seems a bit curious. And he's never been somebody that's been fond of being in the Boston area. Some of the, some of the issues that have popped up, especially around social justice over the last couple of years. And Jalen Brown sees himself as somebody that is going to be an advocate, somebody that's going to be – um, a leader in that regard. I, I just, this is, this is a very delicate situation. But as they say, winning is the ultimate deodorant. The Celtics have more pressure on them to win with these two guys than they've ever had in the past. And, and so I think, with everything laid out in front of them, with how the bracket is falling, with the Milwaukee Bucks getting bounced in the playoffs in round one, with Joel and health being compromised in this series, with having to face the winner of the Heat-Knicks series, which is viewed as a an inferior team if they were to match up in the conference finals. It's all out there in front of the Celtics in order to get to another NBA finals and have a chance to win it. If they don't take advantage of it this year, I don't know that this tandem ever will. The NBA playoffs are
0: on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight. Celtics Sixers presented by Indeed. Coverage begins 7.30 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, on the Celtics, and if they are in big trouble, on the Warriors being in big trouble, which my partner believes that they are, and can the Knicks win a game in Miami if, in fact, Jimmy Butler plays both of them? Lines are open right now, we'll get some calls in in two minutes at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888, 888 729
3: 3776.
0: I'm sorry, what? What, what, what? I'm sorry. What?
3: what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what?
0: what? So the other day, Canty was on our show, Canty and Carlin, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. Mm-hmm. That's right. And he was talking about the teams that could potentially go from worst to first next year in the AFC. And one in, in the NFL, I should say. And one in particular was. I would say somewhat surprising, but after the weekend they had, I kind of get it, and that was the Houston Texans. And Joe Fortenbaugh of Joe and Amber later that day, oh boy. He went in on you. I mean, there got, we go.
3: Yeah, there we go with the first I, take audition. Yeah, that's exactly what that go. is. I mean, that is a bold prediction. Uh, There's for, no radio show on earth that I would have expected to come out and say it outside of them. That that There we go. The worst to first. That Texans team stinks. That roster, they've added talent, but they still stink. Uh, oh. I mean, oh. even if it pans out. I feel out. dirty just listening to that and playing that commentary On our show.
1: Very strong. Very strong. Very
3: strong. I I would say
0: alarmingly strong. Yeah. Yeah. I would. Your reaction?
1: Uh, I'm a little bit surprised that Joe and Amber just want to stay on the surface of sports talk and not dive a little bit deeper. Because if you peel back some of the layers, it actually makes sense. Mm. I mean, think about it from this standpoint. The Texans play in the second worst division in all of football. That would be the AFC South. They're going to play a last place schedule this year. Because they were fourth in their division, the Texans have the best offensive line by far in the AFC South. One of the better offensive lines in all of football, with arguably the best offensive lineman in all of football in Laramie Tunzel. And oh, by the way, they just added another second round pick in Juice Struggs to play center to go along with the first round pick last year in Kenyon Green. Uh, and they have another first round pick on right tackle of Titus Howard. I'm just, they traded for Shaq Mason this offseason, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard about that. Is there a more ideal time to introduce a quarterback as talented as C.J. Stroud for that organization behind that offensive line? So there's that. They they get John Metchie III back, mm-hmm. who who's all clear with his um, you know, bout with cancer. So he's back. He's healthy. He's participating in OTAs. They drafted Tank Dell, another wide receiver. They They have a difference maker at the defensive line position in Jerry Hughes. Now you're going to pair him – with Will Anderson, so you will be able to rush the quarterback, which you have to in the AFC. And then, oh, by the way, you, you took a top five pick a year ago and drafted Derek Stingley Jr. I, I'm, I'm struggling to see why we don't think that the Texans can be more competitive and potentially win the AFC South when the top dogs are the Jacksonville Jaguars who are dealing with Cam Robinson. their starting left tackle being on a PED suspension to start the season and Jawan Taylor, their starting right tackle, signing a deal with the Kansas City Chiefs this offseason in free agency. I mean, it's going to be hard to be successful as a team if you can't keep your quarterback upright. Seems uh, like the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to struggle in that regard. Uh, Bob, Are you worried about the Tennessee Titans? No. Or are you worried about the Indianapolis Colts? No. Okay. So, so, so you're talking about having to clear the bar that is the Jacksonville Jaguars with a shaky at best offensive line. Sorry, I, I just don't think that it's that far-fetched. And when we look at the f- worst of first candidates, I mean, you could point out the New York Jets, but they play in a division where they did have two playoff teams from a year ago and the other team is coached by Bill Belichick. You could look at the Denver Broncos. Yeah, they got Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, but the team that, that is the landlord in the AFC West is the Kansas City Chiefs. And will be for several years. And, and, and behind them, the L.A. Chargers. Okay, do you want to look at the AFC North? Okay, I mean, the worst team in the AFC North last year, the Cleveland Browns, yeah, they got Deshaun Watson after he's shaking off the rust, but you got the Cincinnati Bengals, Baltimore Ravens, and Pittsburgh Steelers in front of them. So, I, 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 I mean, what are we talking about? Lamar's back, Joe.
3: I mean,
0: here's what we're talking about. I think it's Fortin bought clout chasing that on our – trading on our dollar. Uh, what do you think, Bub? I mean, I, I'm just
1: glad the rivalry is still going between you guys. Uh, I mean, I, think I,
0: I don't know that I would call it a rivalry. It's not a rivalry.
1: Somebody else has got to win in order for it to be the rivalry. I this don't know. First take audition
2: was a pretty good first line. First
0: take audition was, a, was, a, was a, good a good line. That was a line. I'll, I'll, I'll grant you too. Kane's brings up some good points too. I think the division is really the, the strongest point here. I think. I mean, I think the Texans very well could do it because of the division. I think it might go Canning here. I think his line would have landed better if Canty had not
1: already been on first take several times. Nah, yeah. That's a great point, it was, too. It wasn't an nah, audition. That's a great point, too. Well, it was not
0: an audition. No. Here's what it feels like. Someone once told me, if you're going to throw punches, throw them up, not down. <laughs>
1: and that's what it felt like there. Could, Do you think he could reach? I mean, I know you're not into the fight game like Max <laughs> Kellerman, but do you think Fortenbach could even reach? I don't know. Maybe we have to get him an apple box. I'd, yeah. I don't know. His arms are a little stubby there. Mm. I don't know.
0: Let's stick to picking the games, Joe. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can
3: listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.